Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi there, guys, and welcome to this episode of Geek Thyself. Hi, everyone. Uh, It's March already. Which is wild. yeah, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's not even like early March; it's like mid March. Ah, okay. I know it's, it's I, getting close. I mean, feels like twenty twenty two is going very quickly. Mm-hmm. And speaking of March, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> um, so for this week's episode, we decided to go with something that most people associate with March, even though technically it really doesn't have anything directly to do with the month at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, St. Patrick's Day happens in March, mm-hmm. and St. Patrick's Day is an Irish holiday, although pretty much adopted by every member of the Western cultures. Yeah, and the way it's celebrated in Ireland is definitely not exactly the same way it is like in Boston and places mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, speaking of St. Patrick's Day, we have already done an episode specifically about St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I think it would have been maybe a couple of years ago now at this point. But so we're, yeah. we're not going to focus exactly on that, but we're going to focus on uh, a bit of Irish law in honour of St. Patrick's Day. That's the that's plan. Fun. Yep, we have a lot of episodes, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are abso- there's absolutely going to be a time where we're going to repeat a topic at some point. It, it's very possible. I mean, we probably wouldn't mm-hmm. repeat the like exact same oh no 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 version, it like a but, it, yeah. thing, but like it would be like the same broad topic yeah that wouldn't thing. surprise me mm-hmm. so, but yeah so we're going to be focusing on some lovely irish folklore and we're going to focus firstly on leprechauns because they're fun except they're <laughs> not very fun <laughs> i mean they are and they aren't it depends i think no. on how it's being depicted in the particular media mm-hmm. but yeah. traditionally they're very tricksy Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, so leprechauns, also leprechauns or leprechauns. So yeah, lots of different ways. Different spelling variations depending mm-hmm. on who you ask. Uh, are parts of Irish folklore uh, who guard their hidden treasures, uh, regarded as small creatures, which are agile and dexterous, uh, and male generally. Uh, Fairies only male goblins. Only males? There's oh, okay. only males. There are no female leprechauns. Um at like least at least not in <laughs> at least not in traditional uh mythology and stories. Oh. There are no female leprechauns. Now that's mm-hmm. not to say that someone hasn't decided to create some in, you know, something more modern, but traditionally there aren't that any. That must be what I'm thinking of. That must be what I'm thinking of. It could very well so, could be. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Smurfs. They're, they're all male, mm. and then there's the one girl. <laughs> it's a bit weird, that. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like, it's like... Especially since the dad is, like, there's Papa Smurf. Where did all yeah, the other like... Smurfs come from? Where's Mama Smurf, Papa Smurf? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that is one <laughs> that is one thing that actually is weird about the leprechaun mythos is, mm. you know, where are the babies coming from? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, I mean... Not specifically related to these fairies, but we have done stories about fairies in the past where they will just straight up take babies. So maybe that's where they come from. I mean, yeah, there's there honestly, there's a lot of leprechaun 
um, myths out there and stories and folklore, mm. there's no way that Russ and I had time to go through every single one. So it's entirely possible that there's one out there somewhere where straight up the babies they steal become leprechauns. It would not surprise me. But that means I'd have to only take boy babies or they turn into male leprechauns. Oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that <laughs> thought. I'm going to move on. Well, or they, <laughs> they take both, but the males become leprechauns and the females become fairies because there's very rarely male fairies. <laughs> That's fair, that's fair. I mean, sometimes, uh, but see, yeah. not as often. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they like to they like to guard hidden treasure, or uh, specifically pots of gold, generally is what mm-hmm. most stories will have them guarding. So traditionally, their treasure is described as a crock of gold, or a pot of gold. Um, however, mm-hmm. sometimes what they give away to people, or what they're trying to get from the leprechauns, are wishes. There are a lot mm-hmm. of stories where if you have the leprechaun and you either threaten him or uh, threaten to take his pot of gold, he'll offer you wishes instead. Um, a really good sort of, it's not modern, but a good um, version of this, of depicting part of that track of stories, is a old, old, old Disney movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Um, I have never heard of this. Really? Oh my god! It's <laughs> it's it's one of those old Disney movies. It's actually dark. Like there's actually creepy oh. stuff happening, and right. um, Sean Connery, a young, really, really, really young Sean Connery, plays the Irish love interest to like the daughter character. Darby okay. <laughs> Darby O'Gill is the main character. He's an older gentleman. And he ends up um, capturing the king of fairies, or excuse me, king of the leprechauns, um, and forcing him to grant him wishes because he's trapped him and that whole thing. And uh, his daughter ends up in a relationship with Sean Connery's character. Okay. (laughs) Right. I don't know if I could trust a, like, if you're, if, if they're giving you wishes, like, like, to be released, how... I don't know if those wishes are all going to be exactly what you wanted. But anyway, that's a different point. Uh, they tend to live generally by themselves. And, and leprechauns can be a source of mischief for the unwary. And they are infamous for being extremely difficult to catch or trap. Like we said there, the dexterous, the dexterous and all that kind of thing. Oh, wow, that is a very old poster. <laughs> oh. I, f- I found the old Disney poster and shared him the link. Sean Connery looks like he's been in the sun too long. Well, keep in mind, this is like a drawn... This is back in the day when most of Disney's posters had, like, drawn-on characters. Mm, Um, Although, to be honest, considering it came out in 1959, the cinematography is actually pretty impressive because they have all of these shots where they've got, like, Darby O'Gill and the human-sized people, and then they've got actors and... I think it was just actors. I don't think they had any female ones. But they've got all of the actors playing the leprechauns also in the same shot and looking like they're only like a, a foot tall. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that was really some cool. pretty impressive cinematography for the time. Mm-hmm. And they also had some special effects. There's a banshee in one spot. I think it was a banshee um, that they did with special effects. And there's a, um, a puka, which is um, usually depicted as a horse. But it can also be depicted as like a black dog and stuff, and it's it's the shapeshifter one. Mm-hmm. And then there's also um, 
like a headless horseman type death entity thing. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say it is the movie that's got the best script ever. And there's definitely some liberties, I'm sure, taken with both Irish accents and with the actual mythos of leprechauns. But it's not bad. Okay. I mean, that that's pretty... That's pretty standard for Disney. The fact that it's actually got some darker themes is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it definitely does. Including, like, self-sacrifice and all this kind of stuff. It's... Ooh, wow. I mean, it definitely... I, I don't know. I mean, it was before ratings, so I don't know what it would have been rated. Mm. Probably at least PG-13. <laughs> PG or uh, PG-13. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh back on back on sorry to the, to, no no i mean it's about leprechauns it's great i was just going back onto the bit that we were talking about uh leprechauns share a lot of characteristics with other ancient creatures from irish slash celtic mm-hmm. and wider european mythology like you've just said a couple of them uh mm-hmm. fairies just in general but since the 19th century or roughly then uh they have risen to be the dominant position of being the dominant position of being the most recognisable symbol of Irish folklore. Yeah. Which is why they get associated with St. Patrick's Day as often as they do. And everything Irish. If you think of Ireland and one of the thoughts that pops in your head isn't leprechauns and pots of gold, you clearly haven't looked into enough stuff that's supposed to be about Ireland. <laughs> uh, when I think about it, I think of Guinness, potatoes, leprechauns. Right. Uh, there's, a, there's a short list uh, of things that you instantly... <laughs> Uh, the color green generally, mm-hmm. and hot uh, accents. Four leaf clovers. Uh, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the Irish accent, but, but that, that's just me. But see, you're also in England over here in America. Yeah, if someone hears true. a person with an Irish accent, it's instantly attractive. Is that's fair, is that ridiculous? Is it, yes. Is it accurate? Yes. Well, I mean, it's 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 more exotic like, over there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, um, when I went to England, I had people telling me they liked my accent, and I was very confused. I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> See, I don't think I have one. But everybody in Nerdsmith and other people like I spend time with, they, they're they convinced I have an accent. Because you do. And I, but, I, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just got Um... Uh, okay, so uh, the name Leprechaun is a modern and Anglic- anglicized anglicized word. That is a word I can't speak mm-hmm. based on different spellings of an older tomb used in the regions of Ireland. For example, in Ulster, the original term was Lucrachan, Lucraman, Lucraman, as in L U C H R A M A N. Yeah, I mean, it's that, uh, that like, those Gaelic and Irish words, like, it, yeah. how you actually say it, uh, I don't know. I don't speak it, so yeah. I have no clue. And then there's, instead of Lucraman, there's Lorican, mm-hmm. and then uh, Lupricaan, which, so yeah, like, all of these basically just get condensed into uh, the meaning of small body. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what they generally translate into, so all of them have been collected into one term which we use yeah now, i suppose there... but because like back in those days like when folklore was being written there wasn't like the internet like hey can you check the spelling of this yeah well not only that but it was like you were saying it was all oral tradition so things were being passed oh, by yeah. word of mouth from person to person these stories weren't written down for the most part and so what you ended up happening also is 
you know, it just, we were talking about accents just now. If you go to one part of the country, their accent Absolutely. is very vastly different in Southern Ireland than it is in Northern Ireland. And so what ends up happening is, you know, people who live in the Southern Ireland area, they're describing a leprechaun story and the way they say the word is going to be different because of their accent. And therefore when things did get written down, the spelling would have also been slightly different and it's the same, but reverse in another area. So, it, you know, that's one of the reasons why if you look at old English and old texts in general from the Middle Ages and things, things are written weird because everyone just spelled things however they wanted because there was no centralized way to do it. Yeah, and to be fair, most people writing and stuff like that, they, the, the education back then wasn't exactly stellar if you didn't have uh, any kind of money or fame background to get into it. So. Mm -hmm. Like, though, of course, will be some people who are decently educated, but for the most part, not really. Yeah. Well, and their level of decent education would have been different than what we now consider a decent education. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, but it, so. they're almost always depicted as older male c creatures, usually yeah, really um, old and wrinkly. Yeah, um, yeah, I read in uh, a different article that they had nobody described as sort of wizened, uh, wizened old creatures in mm -hmm. normally green, but very early stories and folklore had them in red. Yeah, some of the original uh, ones had them in red, which actually makes me wonder if they might be some sort of offshoot of red caps. That could be the case, yeah. Or, uh, like which are... less violent red caps. <laughs> Yeah, because red caps are incredibly violent. Actually, that's mm -hmm. a interesting sort of tangent. Is I'm currently reading the Dresden Files, and uh -huh. there are actual red. The, there are red caps in the the bit that I'm currently in. I can't say much more than that because I'm quite far through. Uh, yeah, uh, red, yeah, well, red we, caps we just are scary. <laughs> yeah, they are very extremely violent. Um, and leprechaun can be violent in some folklore, mm -hmm. but they're generally. That more tricksy and yeah, more mischievous. Try to escape. Yeah, they try to escape more than, uh, like, um, fight their way out generally. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it depends on the stories. There's definitely some where they're darker and more, more evil, or at least more. Uh, what's the best word to put this? So, one of the things that happens a lot in folklore um, mm -hmm. is if you look at the ancient stories. Yeah. Um, of some, especially of non-human entities. A lot of times in the ancient stories, the original myths, those creatures are not particularly human friendly. There's exceptions. Um, Generally, yeah. But a, a, um, a lot of times mythological creatures like fairies and sprites and things like that are not necessarily pro-human. They're not necessarily anti-human, but most of the time uh, they're, they're just kind of like, meh, we don't really care about you. So whatever happens to you, it, it happens. Same sort of thing with sirens and mermaids and that kind of same vein. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they're not exactly the biggest fans of them. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and old, a lot of older myths that involve leprechauns who are technically classified under fairies in Irish folklore mm -hmm. and stuff. And, and the fairies and sprites and even the elves, you know, the, the, um, the two different elven courts, the, the she and the, uh, um, drawing a blank. Oh, see, I, I remember the she because that one's in Dresden Files quite a bit as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's basically like the dark fae and the light fae, except the light fae is kind of a misnomer because they're not necessarily good. No. They're just uh, less it, murderous. It, that, 
they <laughs> yeah it's they're associated with summer and winter in general mm-hmm. not good and evil yeah. because the summer ones can be just as bad they mm-hmm. can they can they can throw down just as hard yeah um yeah. So... In, in the old myth like they get that they get disney-fied in a lot of modern oh, movies yeah, yeah, and absolutely. stuff and people make them you know pretty elves like what's in tolkien it's like mm, if you look at the original stories not so much not not so much no no, no. Yeah. Um, And the the same goes for leprechauns. So nowadays, when people think of a leprechaun, they think heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons. Um, Oh, I remember you doing that in the in in the (laughs) in in a previous when we did when we were just doing St Patrick's Day, and like that that boggles my mind. Yeah, Uh, but they they were generally a friend. They're generally. they're reclusive, but they're not evil. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's definitely not always the case. Yes. Yeah. Lucky Charms, not a thing over here in the UK because they've got way too much sugar. Well, and too much dye. Oh, yeah, they dye them. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't fly anymore, not in the UK. Like, mm-hmm. the, we got rid of Blue Smarties specifically for that reason. Uh, and they came back like a decade later when they figured out how to do it without. Um, like ex- excessive amount of sugar being added. Mm-hmm. That's off topic, but it's it, yeah. Um, I I mean I do know for a, f- a fact that uh like for example the cinnamon Altoids you guys can't get over there because there's too much red dye forty. Yes, I remember we talked about uh, that as well. Although I don't think it was in that episode, but yeah, the, the Altoids are the the little mints, aren't they? Uh, or the little sweets that come in the tin. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Oh no, I know. <laughs> uh, I I know what it is. Um, Heather's just sent me the look. She's being very clean and inflicting me with the Lucky Charms commercial. Um, I I know about it. I I mm-hmm. understand the appeal for 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 children. But I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, cultural appropriation for breakfast. Absolutely. So, uh, leprechauns have another ancient source of inspiration: uh, the small water sprites of Celtic mythology. These elves or fairies known as uh, Luripup, L-U-C-H-O-I-R-P, Lurip, or Luca Payne. <laughs> first appears in Irish literature in The Adventures of Fergus Son and Leet, which is the rough translation. And this is about the 8th century, so uh, a little before they became super pop, uh, well-known in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Yes, <clears throat> and um, I think the it's... Oh, God, what's his name? Fergus McLeaty is what it looks like. Sorry about my accent not being great. Fergus, uh, yep. That was sound about right. <laughs> uh, these day, uh, these mysterious fights uh, capture the hero Fergus while he's asleep. Take him away, take away his sword, and attempt to carry him over the water. And he wakes up when one of his toes touches the water surface, and he manages to grab three of the sprites. The sprites win their freedom by promising to teach Fergus their swimming skills. So mm-hmm. apparently they're just related a little bit. Yeah, well, and there's other predecessors to leprechauns. Mm. If you look far enough yeah. back, um, we mentioned the 
the one I can't say that you just talked about. Um, <laughs> there's also the Cluticon, which are male yeah. spirits seen in uh, European folklore in general, known to haunt cellars. Mm. They live alone. They wear red clothes. Sometimes they're carrying coins, and they're usually small, but have uh, mm. large appetites for things like smoking and drinking, which you know could kind of fit with like an old crotchety man running around with his pot of gold money. Yeah, um, sure. Another one is Although, the Fardarig, mm-hmm. uh, which is an, uh, an ugly fairy yeah. with a wrinkled old face. Yeah. Uh, uh, in some regions of Ireland, he is a very tall, mm-hmm. so not always short. Well, right. uh, well, wherever he is regarded as being small, he can at least change his size at will. Yeah, but he's known okay, for so he, But he's known for practical jokes, mm-hmm. um, some of which can be lethal. Um, so by some people, he's considered to be more of an evil leprechaun, which, again, this goes back to my whole thing about, like, if you go far enough back, the earliest myths, they're usually not as friendly. Or, well, this isn't, I don't, the fact is, it's uh, that, the way I read that is, like, they're doing practical jokes, but they don't really care about the uh, the consequences. Mm-hmm. of that. Like, to them, yeah. it's a joke regardless of what happens. Right. It's kind of like, um... What's a good example? So a good example that I think most people like modern would understand is, you know how there's a lot of people who think it's funny when someone else gets hurt. And I don't I don't mean like yeah. seriously injured where there's like major bodily harm. But, it's, you know, it's like slapstick. slapstick. Yeah, it's like, like slapstick comedy is a thing for a reason. Exactly. It's, it's funny. Like the Stooges yeah. or something where they're they're kind mm-hmm. of hurting each other, but not really. Um, a lot of people find that kind of humor funny to a certain degree. I myself yeah. have been known to chuckle if one of my friends gets injured in a not serious way. Um, yeah. Partly because like their reactions everyone... are funny. Just... Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, but there's a point where it becomes too much. But I imagine the leprechauns wouldn't really care about that kind of... Exactly. Uh, that kind of thing. But th- the whole thing is basically like, it's that sort of humor. Like, it's not that they necessarily mean to kill the person, but like, oh, ha, 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 isn't that funny? His arm got chopped off. Um, they just, and, they, did, they didn't think about it that way. Yeah. yeah, and to them, it was just, oh, it's a funny thing that happened. Um, he got hurt, ha, ha, ha. They don't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, click for them because they're not the same as us, that that's going to kill him. That a lot of times in ancient myths, they're they're not mortal, so their bodies don't necessarily behave the same way ours do. And so... Well, yeah, because um, they're generally, like, much harder to maim mm-hmm. or kill or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of times they're very um, apathetic to what happens to humans. They're not necessarily outright vicious, but they just don't care. Yeah. That's, that seems like a reasonable way of describing them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also done a lovely trick and perhaps gone over the middle of the episode Meh. so Meh. uh we have we have uh, a section on characteristics that we'll get into uh and sort of like modern day leprechauns but i think we can save those for after a quick stop into the middle mm-hmm. so, all right see you in just a second guys all right everyone welcome to this week's mid-roll so like always i wanted to start talking about world anvil for anyone who hasn't checked it out i cannot stress enough that you should go check out worldanvil.com it's an amazing website and campaign management software that they've developed over the years there's so many features you can link characters you can basically create a wiki of the world you've created 
They have a version for Game Masters where you can build up your world that you're creating for your players. And they also have a version for authors, so you can also use it very nicely for if you are writing a story and want to have a place where your readers or where you can keep track of what's going on in this world you've created. There's timelines, there's maps, you can link locations with characters and vice versa. You can link characters and say the kind of relationships they have with each other. It's an amazing tool. Definitely recommend you check it out, worldanvil.com. You can sign up for free and then they have a lot of paid features that you can get with a higher guild membership if you want them that are equally amazing, but it just, you know, depends on what you need. But I definitely recommend you check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people we love to talk about and love to mention are the fine folks over at Castle Die Hard at dieharddice.com. Uh, we love them very much. We, they've been supporting us for the past few years. They've uh, got their most gorgeous uh, metal and polymer dice. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own uh, particular mold that they created which they used to create a lot of their metal dice and now some of their polymer ones as well they have been so busy the last uh, few years just developing new things like mm-hmm. their scroll of rolling which is one of the greatest accessories mm-hmm. i love it i talk about it quite often uh their uh multi-class d20s that split apart and have a, have a little magnet inside so you can click together two different sides of it yes. to have and they're correctly balanced which is like yes mind-blowing yeah i don't i, I, do, I don't get it how it's witchcraft it's a witchcraft but it's fine uh they have great accessories like uh the metal meatballs yes i know my way it's great isn't it anyway uh, <laughs> uh so you can play with um uh with high high quality uh pieces for your games um, they have such an amazing range of things that you can find on the website. Uh, and they have free shipping domestically for you American fine folks, and then discounted shipping for the rest of the world. And they also have the code NERDSMITH22, which you can use to get 10% off your next order. So mm-hmm. if you do one of, uh, if you do find something you can like, you can use that code to get it at, even, at an even better price than it already is. So if you'd like to roll with the best, you can go to dieharddice.com. And with that, I guess we'll get back in to talking a little bit more about left ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, hi guys. Uh, we've now done the mid roll, and we're back with you mm-hmm. to talk about leprechauns and the fact that they're evil and not evil. <laughs> no, uh, no uh, we've got some characteristics. Um, like more of their ancient counterparts in Celtic, in Celtic or Celtic, I'm never sure how to say it. I think uh, it's supposed to be Celtic. I I say it both ways just because I have no clue. Leprechauns mm-hmm. were thought of as, as diminutive figures with incredible agility and speed, and they are like you said, like you said earlier, exclusively male fairies or goblins, and mm-hmm. they live solidarity, and. Uh, and they appear, and they sometimes, and usually appear in stories as the guardians of hidden treasure. Yeah, and sometimes there are some stories where they're described as being sort of helpful spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, there's others where they're not helpful and where they're more mischievous. There's also the others where they're definitely dark and dangerous. Um, it just depends. They're often dressed in green or red, although some of the oldest depictions are of them in red, and then it switched to green at some point. Um, and they're usually also depicted as sort of a crotchety old man. So stern and gloomy and kind of sour faced and, uh, kind of like Carl at the beginning of Up. 
Yeah, I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unlike the modern uh, representation of a chirpy leprechaun, the more traditional is for stu- stern, gloomy, sour-tempered. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> uh, as the historian of Celtic or Celtic mythology, Jay MacKillop notes, ugly, uh, quote, ugly and stunted with a face like a dried apple. The leprechaun may be querulous, uh, sottish and foul-mouthed. And that's from 1997. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's also associated with crafts, specifically uh, shoemaking. Uh, it's something they yeah. have been uh, talked about quite a bit to do in their free time. Yes. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that get depicted in modern media that are not things that are normally associated with leprechauns. A perfect example is, you know, all the imagery of you know, a leprechaun with a big old smile on his face and bright red hair and, you know, the big chubby cheeks with the big smile. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> not super big on the hats either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrong type of hat. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, red beards. Not not as, not as the thing they tend to have. Although I can kind of see where that one comes from because... Red hair is generally more common in Ireland. It, yeah, it, there's definitely an association there, so I can understand why they went with red. But traditionally, that's definitely not the case. Like that particular just... depiction is definitely more modern. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, most tales of Ireland lepre- leprechaun follow very similar patterns. A human spies one busy repairing some shoes and demands to know where their gold is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes called a crock of gold. After the earth, after the earthenware pot, uh, all the human has to do is keep his eye on, always on the leprechaun, and he will be given the gold. There lies the problem, though, for leprechauns are nimble despite their age and prone to mischievous tricks. Yes, they'll do what they can to get away because they don't want to give you their gold, and they also, in other stories, don't want to give you wishes. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, leprechaun will try enemies to distract them, but favorite technique is including playing on a human's uh, humanity's greed and their gullibility. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and then um, there are different descriptions of appearances. Um, one thing that they're often described as in traditional, so not, not what gets depicted now, but in the traditional stories, mm-hmm. they're yeah. usually described as wearing a, well, one of two things, either a cocked hat, which is like a tricorn hat, mm-hmm. or a like floppy peaked hat. Like more like what you would expect to see on a gnome, like a garden gnome, except floppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the kinds of hats that they're more traditionally described with, and not these green bowler caps that we see everywhere. With shamrocks all over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's also stories. Um, uh, one so according to where to go? Sorry, I just had this. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a. A classic, excuse me, um, there's a book called Irish Wonders from 1888 um, written by D.R. McAnally, and they described the universal leprechaun as three feet high in a red jacket or roundabout with red breeches buckled at the knee, gray or black stockings and a hat cocked in the style of a century ago, so the tricorn hat, over a little old withered face Round his neck is an Elizabethan ruff, and frills of lace are at his wrists. On the wild west coast, where the Atlantic winds bring almost constant rains, he dispenses with ruff and frills and wears a frieze overcoat. Frieze, I don't know how to say that. 
over his pretty red suit, so that unless on the lookout for the cocked hat, you might pass a leprechaun on the road and never know it's himself that's in it all. So definitely not the description that we think of now. No. They've definitely been modernized and taken the the, the most appealing market of it. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've made him not look like old and crotchety. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And one thing that's important to note is that the dress could vary by region, how they were mm-hmm. described. Like we were talking earlier about, you know, their, their attitudes could be described differently and their spelling could be different, but so is what they wore. Um, a northern, the northern leprechaun uh, wore a military red coat with white breeches and a broad rimmed high pointed hat. It's like a witch hat. Okay. Um, on which he would sometimes stand upside down. Um, another one, the, well, I'm not going to say this right, Lurigadon of Tipperary, <laughs> definitely didn't say that right, wore an antique slashed jacket of red with peaks all around and a jockey cap. So that would be more of the bowler cap. Also sporting mm-hmm. a sword, which he used as a magic wand. Luricon of Kerry was a fat, pursy little fellow whose jolly round face rivals in redness the cutaway jacket he wears so this is the happy one that always has seven rows of seven buttons in each row and the cluricon of monahan or monaghan wore a swallow-tailed evening coat of red with a green vest white breeches black stockings shiny shoes and a long cone hat with a brim sometimes used as a weapon so so that one's a bit violent (laughs) yeah but none of those are anything like the one that gets to see now in media. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, lots of different sort of versions. Uh, as, I mean, we can talk about the modern sort of look, but we, we all kind of know about it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so yeah. after the medieval... Hmm? As, as, After the medieval, we keep doing this. Sorry, you carry on. I was just going to say, yeah, if you hear the word leprechaun, you there's one thing you picture. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and uh, if you're a kid in America, you have a jingle to go with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the medieval period, uh, leprechauns became uh, favourites of many writers uh, and elevated them from a position of such dominance that few types of Irish goblins and fairies are widely known, despite the fact that many are often more remarkable than leprechauns themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> In particular, T. Crofton Crocker, uh, in his fairy, fairy Legends and Traditions of the South of Ireland, which was published in 1825 CE, and other works, in, ensured that leprechauns eclipsed all other fairy goblin creatures in, in the folklore. Uh, the ball just kept rolling with uh, with other authors such as William uh, Allingham, uh, writing his celebrated poem Leprechaun around 1870. Uh, even Hollywood got in on it uh, on the act with 1968's musical uh, Finian's Rainbow starring Fred Astaire. Oh, uh, yeah, so- that one. Mm, yeah. And it was uh, uh, a film itself was an adaptation of a success- successful stage musical. Uh, but despite being nom- nominated for several Academy Awards and Golden Globes, found hitting the winner's jetpack as always as, <laughs> as the Leprechaun's very own crack of gold. Yeah, I so. mean, some of the songs from Finian's Rainbow are very pretty, but it is mm-hmm. it is definitely not a well-known musical. I, I, I've got to be honest, uh, before we looked into this, I hadn't heard of it. So. 
Yeah, it's, um, I'd have to look it up. I don't remember the exact plot line, but it has to do with, like, someone takes a leprechaun's pot of gold and he follows them to America where they're trying to make a name for themselves, but then he ends up falling in love with the daughter or something like that, or he falls in love with someone when he's over there, So he, and he's okay. human-sized because he'd have to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And at that point, he decides he doesn't want the gold back. It's a very... It's a very, very, like, soap opera-y kind of plot line. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's modernized, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, so in terms of um, modern depictions, there's a lot of things that have affected it. I mean, obviously there's the fact that time <laughs> has affected it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the ancient myths that were more scary and dark or twisted have been shifted over time. We've made them more palatable for the masses and children, <laughs> usually. Hence the term Disneyfication. Um, but in terms of the leprechaun specifically, there's a couple of, you know, big standouts that have made a difference here. I mean, one obviously is, you know, we, we sang the jingle, heart, stars, and horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons. Um, you know, the lucky charms leprechaun is something that's very well known and a lot of people recognize it. They know he's supposed to be a leprechaun. So instantly they're like, oh, okay, that's what a leprechaun looks like. Also Notre Dame, um, which is a, a big university over here in the United States for anyone who hasn't heard of it. Um, the University of Notre Dame has the Fighting Irish as their mm. the name of their athletics department. And it's their mascot is basically a leprechaun. Um, now, there's different designs over the years of the leprechaun. Some of them are more friendly looking than others. If I'm remembering correctly, and I'd, I didn't research this, so I'd have to go looking to tell you the truth. Um, the original design was definitely more um, aggressive looking. The current one they've got, because they're called the Fighting Irish. So the current one they've got is a stylized leprechaun who actually, I mean, he doesn't quite look like the right depictions, but he's closer than some. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got like a little tail coat. He's got a hat on and it's not, it's not a tricorn hat, but it's not quite a bowler. And he's got it cocked sort of forward and he's got his fists up ready to fight and he looks all grumpy. Um, I mean, that could definitely be correct. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely more in that direction. Um, but that's, that's their mascot. And then there's also, um, going back to my other page, there's also... Um, the Boston Celtics have a leprechaun as their mascot. Uh, I assume that's a sports ball team. <laughs> yes. The Boston Celtics are a basketball team here in okay. the United States and Boston specifically. Big surprise. Um, they've been around for a very long time. They're one of the original eight teams from the Atlantic Division. They were formed in 1946, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And okay. they're... Their um, mascot is also uh, a leprechaun. Specifically, he's called Lucky the Leprechaun. Most original leprechaun okay. name ever. I mean, <laughs> the, the alliteration, you know. Yeah, and then there's also... Now, this one's a darker depiction. But starting in 1993, um, there started to be a series of actually horror movies called Leprechaun. Mm. Uh, Warwick Davis was in them, wasn't he? Yes, he he's in yes. the the leprechaun costume. In fact, yeah. 
Um, he's done so much work for, for, for that kind of, like, just... Yeah, and he, he's yeah. so good at it. But in the movies, basically, they it's a very, very evil leprechaun. It's a vengeful yeah. leprechaun who's going after someone that he thinks stole their gold. Um, and actually, the first movie from 1993 is, it's a horror comedy, so there's some funniness mm. in it, but it's um, it's also Jennifer Aniston's first film debut. Oh, really? Fair enough. And Warwick Davis plays a, quote, vengeful leprechaun who believes a family has stolen his pot of gold. Uh, as he hunts them, they attempt to locate his gold to mollify him. So his somehow his gold goes missing and they're trying to find it so that they can give it back to him. Fair enough. So they're trying to help him and he's trying to punish them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get that right. Okay. Oh, and then there's, um, there's also, other than the scary leprechaun movie, there's also more fun ones like the Darby O'Gale and the Little People that I talked about. Um, yes, yeah. That one's not a, like, super modern depiction because it's from 1959 but it's still more modern than the ancient stories which are from you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. um and in that one the leprechauns are mischievous but not evil not mean gotcha. they're just sort of mischievous and fun loving and all they want to do is drink and smoke and dance and play music and things like that and they're their ideas of what's important are skewed compared to humans. One of the examples we see of this in the movie that I think also is a good example of what Russ and I were talking about, where like in the ancient mythos, the fae and the fairies and sprites and pixies are not like Tinkerbell and stuff the way they're, they're done up now in modern, in modern media. They're much not necessarily darker, but much more apathetic about humans and what's important to humans. And their views on things are very different because they live for so long. So an example they showed in Darby O'Gill and the Little People that I've always thought was a really good way to show that sort of juxtaposition between the two is there's a scene where Darby O'Gill is visiting the leprechauns. Um, The king of the leprechauns likes Darby O'Gill a lot has spent time drinking with him out on the moors or whatever and enjoys time with him. And so he's decided that he's going to have Darby O'Gill come and stay with the leprechauns. Darby doesn't want to stay there. He wants to go back to his life with his daughter and his, and humans. Um, and he ends up tricking them by playing music for them and getting them distracted. Okay. But in that process, he doesn't have a violin or a fiddle to play. And so the king of the leprechauns is like, oh, I've got one lying around you can play. And he has a Stradivarius come out of a random closet <laughs> and um, gives it to Darby to play. And he, he's not playing, you know, anything incredibly impressive. He's playing like an Irish jig, like fast but fun type of song on a Stradivarius. Yeah, yeah. And they think that's normal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah. Um, also, a couple of the modern quote uh, adaptations is The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns from 1999, uh, which is a modern, uh, a modern day interpretation of the mythical figure by Col- uh, Colm Amini. 
and is a uh, and is a made for TV hallmark film, <laughs> so <laughs> probably very friendly TV. Also, there's a Disney Channel original movie called The Look of the Irish as well. Oh my god, I've seen that movie. So, <laughs> So have I, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, as we've been getting along, they're definitely becoming more and more friendly. Yeah, you, you want to talk about, like, bad depictions of Irish mythology and leprechauns. In Luck of the Irish, there's female leprechauns. Strike one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the main character... I, I doubt anyone who's listening to us is going to go watch this movie. If you do, this is not something that spoils it enough that it's a problem. Um, the main character finds out that his mom is a leprechaun. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I might have seen this movie, but I have purged my mind of most of it. You know, I, I don't blame you. There's bits and pieces, I remember. Um, at the end of the movie, he merges his American dad's culture with his mom's Irish culture by doing uh... Irish step dancing. And then singing, this land is your land, this land is my land. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a great movie. Um, and yeah, the, the cultural, some of the things they do. There's one point where the kid is, his leprechaun side is taking over because of things that happen. And okay. so he gets upset and stressed out. And instead of just saying, oh man, or something like that, he says, oh Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I am getting shorts her. And, it, and oh, like wow. and like he says it with a little bit of an accent ooh. too, and it's like oof, oh. oof, Disney, oh. oof. It's bad. You gotta be careful there. Oh dear. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a nice place to end on. Just some very nice, <laughs> terrible stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's basically what we, they've turned into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh dear, that's oh that's. It's painful, right? That's that's <laughs> awful. Yeah. I, I remember so, it because it was so bad <laughs> yeah that's the kind of thing that you don't get to scrub out your brain mm -mm. oh dear uh, I think I was too young at the time because 2001 I was 6 D when that came don't out. rub that in <laughs> that wasn't rubbing it in that was just me saying oh dear so uh, I think with that, with that's a pretty good place to wrap up I've covered some modern stuff done some mythological stuff um, yeah. What? Uh, if I could speak. It's very late for both of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we record these after work. But anyway, what I was going to say is um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any other sort of mythological creatures that you'd like to like us to cover from any type of sort of folklore, we'd be def absolutely happy to do that. Um, um, mm -hmm. Apart from that. Have a wonderful um, March and or uh, St. Patrick's Day if you can celebrate it safely. I know that it's still difficult, especially in some places, but yeah, it, you, you know what you need to do to keep yourself safe. <laughs> Very uh, true. So just be uh, careful. Hopefully you're having a good mm -hmm. month and hope you enjoy the episode. Yes, and uh, hopefully you'll find a pot of gold because that'd be nice. But we can't promise that. <laughs> Don't know. I'm too tired. We need to. We need to. We need to stop this. All right. Okay. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at 
geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.